Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Ashley. And we have um, Brett joining us today. Hey guys. So uh, Brett is a fellow film critic. Uh, <laughs> we came across each other on Twitter, which you can follow his Twitter feed, uh, Bohan Reviews. And he's also on YouTube. So you can also find him there at uh, Bohan Reviews. And um, in most recent reviews, just a couple days ago, right? You did uh, Do the Right Thing? Yes. Very topical. Um, have yeah. one coming out tonight, I think. So, so uh, what's that going to be? Uh, or can you tell us I yet? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally understand. Uh, Capone, maybe. I think it was for Capone. Okay. Okay, I, we haven't seen that, so that'll be... Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's a little interesting. So, yeah. watch Brett's reviews. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, but today we're here to talk about um, a new movie. Uh, it's available on streaming. It's an Amazon original. It's called The Vast of Night. Yes, and The Vast of Night was directed by Andrew Patterson. It is his first um, first film. And it's set in the 1950s in a small town in New Mexico. And it centers around two central characters. There's uh, Faye, who's a switchboard operator, and uh, Everett, who's a DJ, a local DJ. And one night they hear some strange sounds. She hears some strange sounds over the radio and over the phone lines. And people are maybe seeing some strange lights in the sky. And so they begin to to suspect that perhaps there's some kind of invasion going on. So that's the that's the setup of uh, the vast of night. And what do you think of it? So I really. It just, this just wasn't this just wasn't my bag. <laughs> um, it took me. There were parts of it I liked, um, and I'll talk about those, I guess. So, um, but I'll first have to say I couldn't get into this movie at least for the first I think half hour, and it's only like an hour and thirty one minutes. So I mean that's the first third of the film wasn't pulling me in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that is um, so it takes place at night, obviously. And there, there's like a high school basketball game going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first part is um, characters of Everett and Faye just kind of like walking around a little bit inside the gym before the game starts and then outside. And it was this, I, fir- I, th- I felt like I was watching an episode of The West Wing. Uh, this, this due to the, the camera shots and like following them around as they were talking. Mm-hmm. And there was this real quick staccato talking, uh, particularly from Everett. Um, which was not, not you know, ingratiating himself very well with me uh, mm-hmm. with that. And then um, the Foley effects. So, you know, a lot of TV shows and films, you know, the way they record things, like a lot of the footstep sounds you hear and like, uh, uh, ext- you know, the, the nature sounds and all that kind of stuff, that's all added afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear, you know, and well, whatever was going on here with the gravel, the yeah. feet on the gravel, <laughs> uh, it was just like... Nails on a chalkboard to me, uh, and normally, normally that stuff doesn't really bother me, but it was just really getting to me. Uh, so I wasn't, I was just wasn't getting into it. The dialogue wasn't um, grabbing me. The Foley effects, which I've never <laughs> ever talked about Foley effects on this show before, but those were bothering me. Uh, and uh, it finally does kick in uh, at a certain point, which 
I'll get. We'll talk about it a little more later. But I kind of want to hand it over to Brett. And uh, what, so, what, what are your thoughts on it, Brett? Uh, yeah, that's interesting because I actually agree with you. I think Everett is a really obnoxious character early <laughs> on in this film. Um, but I was the opposite of you. I found the opening of this film uh, really interesting. It really, I was, I had that sort of sense of a Twilight Zone episode, which it, I think, tries to, tries to present uh, for you, but. Um, and then I think eventually it gets to a point where uh, there's uh, a lot stop. It doesn't. The plot doesn't really progress anywhere, and we sort of get. It it feels like it just stops, and we get a lot of talking, and uh, that's when I when I kind of checked out of this movie. So yeah. All right, so <laughs> I, I love this movie. I, I loved it from beginning to end. Um, you know, the initial scenes where there's some amazing camera work in this movie. I thought the camera work where it was following around initially, following Everett around the gym, and then he eventually meets up with Faye and following them down the dark streets of the town. Um, I thought that was all really, really cool. Um, and I, I found the, the chemistry between those two characters to be really interesting. Um, She's, you know, they're, I think, both high school maybe, but she's a little younger and kind of looks up to him and she is looking to him to help her with her tape recorder that she just got because she's kind of a technology nerd. Um, I, I just found their, their relationship immediately kind of interesting. And then they, they, they split off to go to their, their unique jobs and there's a feeling of isolation so in the, in the context of the, of the film, the whole town is, is at this basketball game, and she's at her job in the, uh, as a switchboard operator, and he's in, at the radio station, and they just feel very isolated in the town, almost feels deserted. And that's kind of the mood of the film. The, you're right, the, the plot doesn't really go anywhere. The, the movie isn't about plot. It's about setting a mood and this vibe and the setting and the mystery of what might be out there and the wonder of it all. (laughs) And I think it just does a really good job at creating that sense of time and place. And it's a place that I I said before, it's a movie I want to see again because I want to revisit this place. And I could see myself visiting this movie over and over again um, over the years. Um, And you're right. it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't have to go anywhere as far as I'm concerned. It, it just succeeds at being what it is. And, you know, we can maybe argue, I think that they do have kind of a, an arc. I think both of these characters have something that they want. And I think at the end of the movie, <laughs> they succeed at achieving that desire, but it's not the, it's not the way they envisioned it. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about what I like. As I said, I would do that earlier. Um, <laughs> so at the roughly half hour point, um, it's when I began to perk up a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. So there's a phone call. So Everett, you know, is a radio DJ. He gets a phone call at his radio station. And so I should back up and say th- there's some weird sounds going on. Mm-hmm. And so what's her name? Faye. Mm-hmm. She 
is so it's weird. Her mom is a switchboard operator, but then Faye becomes a switchboard operator too. I didn't quite get that, but anyway, so she's at the switchboard and they're hearing these strange noises, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's calling people, and then when she has them, I guess what turn the radio on to hear it, then like their line goes dead. So okay. I was like, oh well, this is intriguing. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on here? And then at the radio station, Everett takes a phone call from a gentleman who later in a kind of I felt it was a little clunkily handled, but like he, it turns out he, he identifies himself as an African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells this story about, I guess he used to be in the military and how he was sent on a mission to, um, well, it, he was sent on a mission, mm-hmm. right? And some weird stuff happened mm-hmm. and he thinks it's connected to this sound or he knows that it's connected to this sound. And what I found fascinating about the, that scene was, um, particularly as somebody who um, has listened to a lot of old-time radio shows from like the 30s and 40s, and who listens to more recent radio dramas like from the BBC, mm-hmm. is this was very much in that vein. In fact, there's a few points where the screen just goes black mm-hmm. that we're watching, and it's just the voice uh, of this man. It's actor Bruce Davis. He's from Oklahoma. Um, and... I was riveted, okay? But this little thing started in the back of my head while he was talking, and close to the end, I was like, you know what? This is very intriguing. If this movie is developing a mystery, right? Uh, it had better stick the landing. <laughs> and I had this feeling, I'm like, you know what? I don't think it's gonna stick the landing. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just know it's not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of my, one of my bigger issues with it. So, yeah, what about, and so, I know before we started recording, Brett, you were saying that that phone call is kind of when you lost interest. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I don't know that I necessarily lost interest. Like, I I immediately had this thought, and I had it again when I, I did try to watch it again last night, and I fell asleep. <laughs> but um, I had this thought, like, you know, this would be a really interesting podcast, like if this movie had just been a podcast mm-hmm. and like uh, it was these conversations, like I I would be interested in that. I would listen to that. But as a movie, like you said, the screen just goes black for <laughs> extended stretches, and I'm just staring at a black screen, uh, listening to these people talk, and I just felt like I wasn't watching a movie anymore. And that's sort of what pulled me out of the experience because I agree uh, with what Ashley said earlier about the camera work in this film and that one shot that's amazing from the switchboard operating office all the way to the um, uh, to the radio station like that is an amazing one shot and given like the the budget of this film and how low budget it was uh, the how they were able to pull that off like that's astounding to me and then we get to a point where it stops really using the camera and uh i just felt like the movie had ended and we moved (laughs) into something that wasn't a movie anymore uh and and it does sort of get back into being a movie at the end like you said but i agree i don't think it really stuck the landing Mm -hmm. so uh yeah I really liked the the scene with the caller at the radio station, mm-hmm. um, and it, it I found it 
cool way it managed to um, kind of make a statement about race. I don't know. It's kind of topical at the time. Every it seems like, you know, everything we see, we're kind of associating it with with mm-hmm. race and where it stands. But um, this movie has a point to make, and I found it very interesting. I don't think it's one that I've heard in the context of a science fiction film like this before. Um, so that was interesting. I, I, but I, I loved the way that it was done, and I loved the way how it faded to black, and you were just hearing his voice. Um, because, you know, a lot of this movie did feel to me like listening to an old-time radio show, or the mood of it. Um, you know, when you're listening to a radio show, a lot of the details um, you supply with your imagination, and this movie kind of forces you to do the same thing. It doesn't show everything. It doesn't explain everything. Um, it's making you kind of fill in the blanks and wonder what is going on and what is all this. And um, so, so to me, it was almost it almost felt like kind of an homage to the '50s, the '40s radio. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that, and and you saying that, and then Brett earlier um, talking about how this could have been a podcast. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of crystallizes how I think this would be perfect as a half hour, uh, you, you know, call it podcast or, you know, in the old time radio show, they had a series called X minus one. Mm-hmm. This would have been a perfect <laughs> condensed, uh, into, in, in, you know, condensed form would have been a perfect X minus one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a movie, <laughs> and here's the thing, you know, I, I, we've talked on this podcast before about how we're fine with, a movie that is deliberately paced. Mm-hmm. Some people call it slow. But we, if we like the pacing, we say deliberately paced. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not fine with that here. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, again, even though this is only like 90 minutes, it felt longer to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the collar, right? And I, how I, I liked the, the scene with that. Later, there's a scene where they go and talk to another person. That scene, for some reason, by that point, I was like, okay, you need to hurry up. You, you need to get, get stepping with this story. And, and I, I, this was, at that point, I don't know. I was not, I was not the, sh- the movie didn't have me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, that point you make about race uh, that, that the caller makes. And it, that is, that, for some reason, didn't, I, I like that integration of, uh, of, of racial aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they're talking to the second person, uh, later, she kind of goes off on this um, theory about what she thinks is happening and why, or mm-hmm. what you know, and that to me came across very, very like much like a sore thumb. And to me, it felt like these are the screenwriters trying to insert a commentary on our society. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that. It just the way it came came out was um, not not subtle. Uh, at least not to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, the ending, uh, you know, we, won't, we won't spoil the ending, but it just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, any, any, um, any final thoughts, uh, Brett? Uh, yeah, as far as the, as far as, like, the topical elements of this, uh, where it does kind of get into social commentaries mm-hmm. in some ways, um, I think that they're handled okay, but I do think that this film sort of is trying to evoke the time and also make a social commentary about the time at the same time. And I think what ends up happening is the film tries to do too many different things and say too many different things and ends up either, like you said, it doesn't really come across as all that 
believable or at the you know on the other hand it come it could come across as very surface level mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of where this film struggles a little bit i would agree uh you know you mentioned the budget earlier brett and that's something i didn't know until i read about it after watching it and i mean i do commend it it did do a lot with its with its budget you mm-hmm. know um so that's good yeah but yeah um so um time score time okay ashley what do you give this out of 10 well to, to raise the average i'm gonna give it a 9.5 and I, it deserves that that's your real score that's my real score all right ashley gives it a nine and a half uh brett what do you give it uh that's a high score <laughs> you know but that's great i'm glad you liked it that much <laughs> but so I'm going to preface this by saying <laughs> that I don't think that the 10-point scale is a very good way of judging <laughs> a film. Um, because I think, like, when I think of a 10-point scale, I always think of grades. And when you look at grades, it's like 7 or better is average. Mm-hmm. Like, 7 is an average, and then you go over that. And I just feel like that leaves so much like six and below it's <laughs> like all of that is suddenly bad. Uh, and I just don't think that's a, a good scale. So, um, I say four and better is good or is average to good. Um, and so when I'm looking at this, I'm gonna probably give it a four, uh, just based on that because there were some things about this movie that I did really, really like, but in the end, I think it just, misstepped so many other times uh, that I just have to come in sort of average on it. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I give it a four and a half. <clears throat> so, our score is a six. <laughs> Actually really raising that average there. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it is on the tomato meter. It has a 92% certified uh, fresh. Mm. Uh, and then uh, audience score is a uh, 63 so we're in line with the audience score, I guess. We're, we're more in line with the audience score, yeah. That's the average is. All right, so uh, it's a six for us for, for the vast of night. <laughs> um, Brett, thank you again for joining us. Yes. And, you know, you can follow Brett on Twitter at uh, Bohan Reviews and uh, watch his um, movie uh, YouTube videos uh, <laughs> at uh, Bohan Reviews on YouTube. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you.